It's time for another episode of Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational talk show with me, Big Tone, the Re-Educating Dad. And here is my lovely daughter, Little Tone, who is Re-Educating Dad. How are you today? <laughs> that was a quick, abridged introduction. How are you today, Little Tone? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Dad? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. This is a quick updating episode. Uh, so we did uh, Thinking of Buying an Electric Car Part 1 in Episode 74 last week um, when Little Tone dropped on us the news that she was getting an electric car and we chatted around that. Uh, electric cars is something that I have been passionate about for many years. I've owned and driven one for five years. And so uh, you'd expect me to be a strong proponent of electric cars, uh, which I am, um, largely. But I've uh, recently advised two of my four daughters not to buy an electric car, and we'll go into perhaps the reasons for that. But I think it, the good thing would be for me to allow Littletone to update us on what's happened since she made her decision to get an electric car. Floor's yours. So this episode's called Are You Effing Mad to Buy This Electric Car? <laughs> <laughs> you could put it that way. <laughs> so I guess um, after, after the last episode, um, I started talking more with you about the spec and you were pretty concerned um, when I told you what the range of the car was, which explains why it's affordable. Um, the range being sort of 80 to 90 miles maximum, but probably more like 60 miles. Yeah, um, true. And um, because uh, generally you have to account for some kind of traffic or bad weather, and that means using more miles and the speed um, you drive at yeah and the speed you drive at which is fine for me because i drive like uh, i i'm blind <laughs> so slow <laughs> very slow um but basically um we started talk chatting about what my needs for a car were or what mine and my husband's needs for a car are and they are generally for traveling to see family um and that is always over 60 miles um, pretty much an average of like maybe a hundred miles and um, also uh, Tom and I work in music so we go to festivals lots of festivals through the year um, I work in London and Hackney which is over 60 miles um, two of the main festivals we go to are in Derby um, and once you factor in stopping to charge um and sometimes you have to wait to use the charging point as well. So you might arrive and, and someone's already charging their car and there isn't another one available. So you might be waiting half an hour to four hours, depending on whether it's rapid charge or not, um, just to charge up your car. And it, it turns a, you know, a two hour journey into a four hour journey. Or, you know, if, if, if I was going to drive. Misty. <laughs> that might be someone coming to talk about our house. We'll see. Um, uh, you know, uh, a festival in Germany might take me like a day to drive there, maybe a day and a half to drive there. So it, it's almost impossible for our needs. 
Um, and uh, I didn't really think about it. Your dog is really wanting to get in. Do you want to just talk to the camera a second? Yeah, I can do that. So, yeah, yeah folks, so um, I was actually quite surprised. I'm not sure if it came over on the last episode. I was quite surprised by Little Tone's decision. To, SB, I'm on the podcast. Uh, by this. <laughs> Sorry about this. SB. Sorry about this. We did tell you that we record this as live. Um, yeah, so I was a bit taken aback on the show. I didn't really want to show it too much at the time and just take the wind out of Little Tone's sails. But a range of uh, a range of six uh, is just not uh, is just not uh, feasible uh, for her lifestyle, and I don't think for most people's lifestyles. To be fair, you know, I, I personally think, from having had some experience now of owning several uh, electric cars, uh, that you need the absolute minimum range you need really is 150 miles, um, and I would say much better to have 200 plus. Uh, but a, a range of 60 miles is is taking the Michael, frankly. I'm surprised that Mercedes would... This is a smart car that uh, Little Tone was uh, buying. And I'm surprised that um, a company like Mercedes would even consider um, selling an electric car with such a pathetic range. And actually, um, Little Tone doesn't know this, but uh, I was when I was vi visiting our new grandchild, Tilly Rose... Uh, up in Surrey, uh, we stayed at the Brooklands Hotel, which is on the sort of racetrack, uh, the old um, famous race, Brooklands racetrack in Weybridge, uh, where Sterling Moss and people like that had their, started their career, their driving, racing driving career. And, the, and Mercedes have a very big facility there called Mercedes World. And they have, uh, apart from having a uh, places where you can test drive uh, cars and skid them around skid tracks and all this sort of uh, exciting stuff. They sell a lot of used cars. And amongst all the big plush um, regular sort of Mercedes cars, they had this one little 4.4 smart car. And it was exactly the one that Little Turn was going to get. Um, and uh, it was... It had eight. It was a used used one. It it was exactly as I say, like the one little tone was going to get new. This one was um, on sale for fifteen thousand pounds, and it had eight thousand miles that clock, eight thousand miles that it had done. Uh, I noticed uh, unusually that the specs of the car on that were, that was being advertised there. Uh, said everything about the car except the range, which tells you a lot because normally the range is something that every well always is something that the buyer wants to know about, and they hadn't even mentioned it, which is I think very telling. And I think that the real range, real world range estimate that Lil Tan mentioned on the podcast last week, which really shook me, frankly, uh, of sixty miles is actually quite accurate. I mean, I think that is a real world scenario um i mean i think you'd have to Back, sorry i think you'd have to do really well to get 70 out of it so if you take the fact i mean okay it's all right for driving down the road to morrison's or whatever um or your, whatever your favorite supermarket is but uh a few miles down the road and back but 
you know, to do any any kind of journey, like if Littleton wants to come and visit us, how, how long, how far is that? Three and a half hours. So, yeah, it's... Uh, so several mean, hundred miles. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, is that when I actually picked up the phone and spoke to the, to the sales team at um, Mercedes and I told them what our house was like, because we don't have off-street parking for charging or anything like that, and I told them what we use our car for at the moment, he was literally like, yeah, this is a silly car for you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair. I'm glad they did that because that was the fair thing to do. And I, and, and I believe they're going to rejig the, what, you know, the agreement so that you can actually um, buy your, uh, your existing car, which is the same car, but it's a petrol. Yeah, it's petrol, is it? Yeah, petrol car. Yeah, it's, it's petrol, but I would say that it is a very, very economical car, I and mean, it's a yeah. smart car, but it's a it's a four seater, and um, and I mean, like filling the tank costs twenty five pounds, and it does it's you know very environmentally friendly in terms of like it doesn't have a very big engine, and yeah, um, it tells you how fuel efficient your each journey has been, and yeah, so I and I feel very comfortable um, driving it, so I'm actually. I, th I think that until cars are electric cars are made more accessible, um, you know, and actually have a good spec, like it, it's not reasonable. Well, no, it's not. It's not appropriate for our lifestyle. Okay. Well, so, I, sh um, I, sh I shout out. It's a bit of an eye opener. Yeah. So, uh, having been a little bit critical with, in relation to what I've just said, uh, let's make a shout out to Mercedes because they've done the right thing in helping you to. Uh, to, to, to reconsider after, you know, signing on the dotted line, as it were, that they, they accept that it's completely wrong for your circumstances. And they're going to think that's right, isn't it? They're going to, they're going to sell you the lease car that you have at the moment, which you're, which you're very happy with, aren't you? Yeah, and I think they're, they're, they're offering a good price as well, because it was a brand new car when it was given to me, so... Yeah, so they've yes. been very fair, and that's what should be done because this is. I think this this these two episodes that we've done are going to really help people because a lot of people are thinking of buying electric cars, and uh, you know there's a lot of uh, talk that we should do that for the environment, um, for pollution, and so on, and and all those things are valid, uh, but you have to really consider the practicalities, which is which you've done in your case, and you've come to a very sensible decision. Mindy, your, your younger sister, did the same thing. She runs a photography business, and she was thinking about getting an electric car. And I said, you know, you've got to think about the practicalities. I mean, you, you, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time charging. I mean, the ranges are the, – you know, unless, you, unless you have a lot of money to spend, you can buy a Tesla, for instance, then you're going to get a reasonable range. But if, you, um, if, if, if you're not in that price range, as most people are not, you're going to get something, you know, sub 200 miles um, in, in terms of range. And that means if you're doing any kind of distances like Mindy does, she's driving all around the country doing her wedding photography and other photograph professional photography. Uh, and she hasn't got the time to spend sitting 30 minutes, 45 minutes charging at a rapid charger if she can get one because the infrastructure isn't there at the moment. We'll go into that a little bit more in a minute. But the infrastructure isn't there at the moment. So I think a lot of people will be thinking, oh, I must get an electric car. And, and you know, you can easily get uh, in, enticed into doing that. And then when you get it, you might find that in terms of practicality, you are in for a big shock and a lot of inconvenience. So uh, while I'm a big advocate of or passionate about electric cars, 
Uh, I am very aware that they are expensive, and that they are, and there are some practical practical problems. So I think you know, hats off to you. You made the right decision. Uh, you didn't go with your heart. You went with your head. Uh, a lot of people might go with their heart, and I think you've done the right thing. So, um, you know, good luck with that deal on on the car. I hope that all works out. Uh, but just thinking a little broadening broadening this out a bit more. I live in a you know you live in Hastings on the south coast. I live in a little medieval Cotswold village uh, called Elmley Castle, uh, sort of near between Worcester and uh, sort of Cheltenham. Um, and, you know, it's an older community here. I, I've noticed that some people have a right downer on the whole idea of electric cars. Uh, I, I have driven electric cars for five years because they're just great fun to drive. Uh, and they are absolutely better than a petrol or diesel car. I mean, they just are better in, in, in every respect. But there are, but so, you know, we're early on in this technology and as a result of that, they're expensive uh, and they are not, you know, they've got a long way to go in, in terms of getting the range right and the infrastructure, huge issue. It's, all, it's fantastic if you can charge at home. You've heard little Tone say she can't charge at home. She hasn't got a place, she hasn't got a drive in her house uh, where she can park off street and there's no way she can charge the car at home. That's an enormous factor. I remember when I first first started looking for an electric car, and I was looking at you know the most popular one at the time, which was the Nissan Leaf, fantastic car. Never bought one, but it has great reviews. And I remember that Nissan were astute enough to tell people if you don't don't even consider buying one if you don't have, have home charging, don't even consider it. And that was good advice. That was good ethical advice. I wish other uh, other car companies were more like that. Uh, that is the fact, you know, now that I live, uh, I was living in Kensington when we had our first electric car, uh, and had to, well, it was a nightmare trying to, at first, it was a bit of a nightmare trying to, trying to find charges. Uh, but uh, eventually the council started putting them in lampposts and that made it easier, not, not easy, but easier. Um, and, but now that I'm living in a house and have an electric charger on the driveway, it is fantastic. I mean, just plug it in and, you know, every morning you've got a full tank, as it were. Uh, but, the imp but when you're out and about and you've got to do a long journey, the infrastructure is a huge deal because there, there aren't many rapid chargers, certainly nothing like the amount that petrol stations or diesel stations or whatever you want to call them, nothing like that amount. And so you're, you are just, you know, when you're getting close to the end of your range, you're thinking... Well, I hope this next rapid charger at wherever it is, you know, is is going to be free or is going to be in service because a lot of them, they just they don't repair. They don't they don't maintain them properly. And you can find yourself arriving and you can't get on the charger or there's a plug in hybrid charging that doesn't even need to charge. Uh, and they can tie the thing up for 45 minutes or more. So that's not good, is it? Uh, so, you know, I think home, having the ability to charge at home is a big deal while the infrastructure is as bad as it is. Now, the exception to that is Tesla, Te because Tesla had the foresight to put 
rapid chargers, as they call them, superchargers, and big banks of them all over the place. They're all over the UK, they're all over Europe, America, and so on. So uh, th th that's what motivated me to uh, go for Tesla. And we are shortly about to get our second Tesla. Uh, we're going to get one of the first Tesla Ys to come into the country. We're going to be collecting that off the ship on, the fe on February the 19th. One of the, one of the first owners of a Tesla Y in the UK. I'm very excited about that. Now, having said that, what I have noticed is that there are a lot of people who are a bit kind of like Jeremy Clarkson types who are just in their gut against electric cars and they just want to use every opportunity they can to pour cold water on the idea. Now, I'm not going to say that they haven't got some valid points because they have. And the Daily Mail just wrote an article um, on the 6th of February, which was drawn to my attention by a really, uh, really interesting and good friend uh, in, who lives in the village called John. And he's always, whenever there's any chance to bash electric cars, he will be knocking on my window as I drive by in my Tesla, and he'll be uh, wanting to bash electric cars and give me all the reasons and send me articles and so on why uh, it's all going to come crashing down uh, in a fireball. And he sent me this article, little Tony. He sent it to me yesterday just before we did this episode. So I thought it might be interesting just to look at some of the things that are said in there. So the, the heading to this article in the Daily Mail says, are electric cars the new diesel scandal? Experts look at the future for road travel. Uh, and it, it, it starts out by talking about how there was a dash for diesel. You won't remember this, because uh, this was sort of when, when, before you were probably interested in cars, because it was 20 years ago, right? Um, but the, the chancellor at the time, Gordon Brown, uh, announced that there was going to be a new car tax system which encouraged people to buy diesel cars because they were thought to be more environmentally friendly. That's exactly what's happening now. And that's the whole thrust of this article because because everything's now changed. Uh, 15 years later, the number of uh, diesel cars are, are well, no, I should, I should put that another way. The article says that over a decade and a half, the number of vehicles, that is diesel vehicle, uh, went up, you know, hugely. But eventually it emerged, the science emerged, showing that diesel cars were particularly bad in terms of the particulates that they, they put in, they puff into the air, which are terrible for respiratory problems, heart disease, lung cancer, etc. And so there was this huge um, turning around. So the next, so the first anti-electric car statement, because the Daily Mail is basically anti-electric cars. Uh, the first, uh, uh, the first criticism that appears in this article that John wanted to thrust at me uh, was that uh, battery-powered vehicles, electric cars, produce. Uh, particles, not from exhaust, but from brakes. Because they're a heavier car, because they have a big battery, obviously, um, and they require more braking, and that they puff all this stuff into the air. I mean, this is just plainly wrong, uh, because what this, 
this point is plainly wrong because what electric cars all have is regenerative braking, which means that it's really you you don't really touch the brake. You don't I hardly ever need to touch the brake except in an emergency stop situation. Because as you take your foot off the accelerator, it unlike a an a con, internal combustion engine car, the car brakes puts is effectively puts the electrical in, in, motor in reverse and uses that to brake the car. And in doing that, it generates power, which it puts back into the um, battery, which is obviously harvesting the braking, harvesting that um, curtailment of energy, as it were, putting it back into the, that's not a very good way of putting it, but it puts that energy back into the battery, but you're not having to touch the brake. So, there's, so it, they aren't producing the particulates from braking because that doesn't apply. It's one pedal driving. So that point is completely missed. The next point that it makes is a good one. And that's the point that we've been discussing. Electrical cars are not the answer for many people for a host of practical reasons. They include upfront cost. Yes, the cost of an electric car upfront is extremely expensive. What was the one that you were gonna, how much was the, do you know how much the one was that you were gonna buy? Um, I think it was about 19,000. I wasn't going to buy it. I was going to yeah, lease it. You were going to lease it. but the, About the, 250 a month or something. Yeah. So, so probably about, it's probably a 20,000 pound car. Now it's a 20,000. I'm pretty sure he told me nine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he said. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it's about a 20,000 pound car and it's, it's a tiny car, isn't it? It's a tiny car. Yes. And, and also the, the next size up, uh, which is, has a range of a hundred and 15. It might even be 200 uh, range um, is about quadruple. Sorry, is about triple the price. So he said it's a, something like a 47,000 pound car. Yeah, it's quite a big jump from the small one to the yeah. reasonable range. So this article makes a good criticism that the upfront cost is extremely high, and that's why for young people like you and for for Mindy and other, you know other people, they you know you just can't. Why would you want to spend you know, like three or four times as much as you have to spend on a car just to make it, you know, just to have an electric one. It's it's prohibitive. That cost is prohibitive. Also, the incentives that are being given by the government are really aimed at businesses. They're not really aimed at uh, private individuals very, very much. You know, if you're going to want to incentivize people to buy electric cars, you've got to make it, you've got to make these incentives apply to everybody. That, that I would have thought is a no-brainer. The costs will come down just to, I mean, you know, the first flat screen TVs were eight or 9,000 pounds. <laughs> so, you know, that's because it's a new technology. So, you know, people like me who can, af can afford to invest in that, you know, I'm fortunate enough, but I'm at, you know, the end of my career. Uh, I can, I can just sort of, sort of spend these kind of figures just because it's fun to drive an electric car. But you know, younger people with families and so on, you know, they, they can't afford to do that. And they don't have the time to be able to sit at charges. You know, I do. I, I, I don't mind. You know, I'm fine. If it, put, if it takes another hour to drive to your Hastings, for instance, to see you, it's not a problem for me. But it is a problem for people who are on, on you know, very busy schedules. So they make the upfront, co the upfront cost a point. They make the limited range point, which we've discussed. They make the point about the time it takes to charge batteries 
And they make the point about the infrastructure of rapid charging points. Uh, all of those are valid points. Uh, the next point that they make um, is that electric cars are heavier than other vehicles and they will be more likely to kill people <laughs> in traffic accidents. I think that's such a lame point. Electric cars are, are absolutely packed full of safety things. I mean, a Tesla, for instance, but it's not only a Tesla, even cheaper electric cars, they're packed full of technology to help you not bump into people and not kill people. So I think that was, I mean, it's a, frankly, that's a pathetic point. So I'm not even going to waste any more time on it. The other point that they make, which is valid, uh, is that taxpayers face a very big tax bill to plug the gap because where the government is giving a lot of incentive is by taking the tax, the taxes that apply to uh, fuel and the taxes that apply to road tax and so on do not apply on electric cars because they get a break on that. That is a fair point. Um, and uh, again, that means that you're effectively incentivizing the, the richest people by giving them a tax break, which they don't need. So, you know, I think that needs to be rethought because I don't think that's right. So Daily Mail are right on that. Didn't get much right in this article, but they got that right. Um, the other thing that they, you know, the, the other thing they talk about is that, uh, you know, the effect that this will have on cutting carbon in the atmosphere is probably, you know, going, or it's all going to electric cars is actually probably quite small. I think that's probably valid too, but going to electric cars is not just about being good for the, you know, for, in terms of CO2 production. Uh, I mean, it obviously is going to help, but it does, it, obviously you've got to put, use electricity in the car. And the point is, where does the electricity come from? Is it still coming from burning coal and is it still coming from burning gas? Well, the answer is, sometimes it does, but I, certainly all the electricity that I've put in my um, electric cars that I've owned for the past five years, all of it has come from renewables. So that's solar or wind, all of it, 100%. And I, that applies to every electric car owner that I know, because that's the way we buy our electricity. We buy from, you know, companies like Octopus and others that, that only uh, produce, uh, that, that give us electricity from, so, uh, from uh, renewable sources. Uh, so I don't think that is particularly valid. Um, and But the big thing to me is that moving to electric cars has a lot of other benefits. The technology, as we've discussed, is far, far better. And obviously, you're not putting pollution in the air. I mean, every one of these regular cars has a pipe coming out the back of it, probably two in, a, in most cases, out the back of it. And out of that, a lot of the energy is going out in the form of pollution, which is going into our lungs and our children's lungs. That can't be good. Um, and I think, you know, the idea of these silent or near silent cars going around without puffing, you know, all this terrible, harmful stuff into the air that we're breathing must be a good thing. The other thing is, I think that electric car technology, all the technology that's wrapped up in them, will lead to us having fewer cars. 
you know, Tesla's, Tesla's you know, goal ultimately is that we won't need to own a car because we'll have an app. And when we need a car, a Tesla will come because we've summoned it to come, rather like we summons an Uber now, but now it has a driver in it. It'll come, and when we need it, it will it'll come and pick us up. It'll drop us off where we where we tell it to, and then it won't park itself on the side of the road, making the lovely village look ugly or wherever it is look ugly. It will drive off, and it will either go and do another job, or it will go to a some remote uh, parking lot where all these car, cars are waiting. And it'll wait for its next job. Or, and while it's waiting for its next job, it will be charging up. So I think that there are, there are, as a result of, you know, if we all lived that way and didn't feel that we had to own a car, think of the dramatic reduction on road, you know, road congestion and all the resources that, that go into making cars. You know, we'll need far, far fewer cars. And that's that's what I you know think is in the is in the future, apart from you know self driving technology and you won't even need traffic lights because cars will be able to uh, through artificial intelligence uh, communicate with each other so they know where they're coming and they don't need they can literally just full of filtering and out of each other, so that's you know I think that you know. I think it's a very exciting future, and I and I I think it's a shame that so much cold water is poured on it. It just feels as though people are very very re- resistant to new things. Anyway, I've talked for a hell of a long time. Your turn. I know you could have done this podcast on your own. Um, <laughs> it's all feeling a little bit Terminator for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, the only thing I was going to say is that the average income in the UK is 31285 And apparently, in order to be able to afford a Tesla on lease, you need to be earning about forty five to 48000 a year. Um, yeah. And obviously, 30000 is is considered like a living wage in London. So... Um, yeah, that price that price range just has to come down for the car, really, doesn't it? It does. But I tell you what, there's some very exciting things on the... Uh, I hope John's listening. There's some very um, exciting things on the horizon because uh, whatever you might think about China, uh, most of our technology is probably built there one, one way or another. Uh, they are building some phenomenal electric vehicles. Uh, and they are going to be very well priced. And, uh, you know, you can research this online. You know, there's a, there's a show called um, Fully Charged, uh, which is probably the leading um, YouTube channel on electric, you know, for people who are enthusiastic about electric cars, uh, fronted by Robert Llewellyn, who plays the robot in, what is it, Red Planet or something? Or I can't, Red Dwarf or Red Planet? I don't know. Whatever that old show is. That sci-fi show. Uh, You'll learn all about this stuff there. That's the best place to learn about it. Uh, There are some fabulous electric vehicles being produced in China. And as I say, the price point is going to be great. The price of electric cars is going to come way, way, way down. They They take far fewer components to build. Uh, There's almost nothing to wear out on them. They go on forever. Uh, people talk about the batteries, but none of that business about the batteries uh, dying after a few years is 
you know, that's been completely debunked. Uh, they go on and on and on. So uh, I think that, as I say, I think the future is, is very exciting. Uh, in fact, just this evening, I had my uh, electric uh, car charging point installer come back to uh, just check over the installation that he recently did for us. And he came back this time for the first time driving. He had a obviously a you know a normal van before that was diesel, and he ha- he'd just taken delivery. Today was his first use of, of his electric car from China, built by MG, uh, which is now a Chinese company. So he's absolutely thrilled to bits with it. Loves it. Um, was blown away by how little he ate into the range today, even though he'd driven 150 miles. Uh, he, you know, he was amazed at how much range he had left. So uh, I think that's all very, very exciting. Okay, I'm, I, the trouble is with me. I can just go on and on about, on about this subject because I'm, you know, obviously very enthusiastic about it. But I think, little Tony, you've made a very, very good decision in not buying an electric car, um, and I hope others will think as hard about doing, you know, whether it's right for them, like you've done and come to a good decision that matches their lifestyle, which you've done. Um, because don't make a mistake, you know, it, 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 it's going to really change the way, the way you approach your journeys when you have an electric car. I mean, even if you have a Tesla for that matter. Um, so that's all I have to say on the subject. Anything more from you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much said it all. <laughs> yeah, I said far too much, didn't I? Sorry about that, folks. I do apologise for my verbosity in this episode. Uh, but uh, <laughs> would uh, and your dog seems to be almost as verbose as me. So, uh, if you could um, please let us have your feedback on this subject because it is very much uh, top of mind at the moment for governments all over the world. Uh, what's the future? Do you do you buy into this sort of idea that you know the the national grids are going to melt when everybody plugs in their electric cars and you know it's going to be Armageddon and the end of the world? Uh, I don't. I think I think that uh, everything will will catch up um, and it's it, it's going to be great. Uh, but love to hear your views as always, whether it's for us or against us. So thanks very much, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next time with a brand new topic. It won't be electric cars, I promise. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Bye, everyone. 